Hi, my name is Molly Schulte Tucker, and I have the privilege of pastoring the good people of Ridgewood Baptist Church in Louisville, Kentucky. Happy Advent! The season of waiting as we anticipate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. As the days grow shorter and the nights grow darker, we hope that through worship at Ridgewood and through the other seasonal events we are offering for fellowship and gathering and remembering, that you may find some goodness and light. Before the sermon, hear this blessing for Advent. May the goodness of God glisten in surprising ways. May the light of Christ find its way to you with unexpected beginnings. And may the anticipation of the Holy Spirit remind you that God is not done here yet. Amen. Hear this word from 2 Peter, chapter 3, verses 8 through 15a. But do not ignore this one fact, beloved, that with the Lord one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years are like one day. The Lord is not slow about his promise, as some think of slowness, but is patient with you, not wanting any to perish but all to come to repentance. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. And then the heavens will pass away with a loud noise and the elements will be destroyed with fire and the earth and everything that is done on it will be disclosed. Since all these things are to be destroyed in this way, what sort of persons ought you to be in leading lives of holiness and godliness waiting for and hastening the coming of the day of God, because of which the heavens will be set ablaze and destroyed and the elements will melt with fire. But in accordance with his promise, we wait for new heavens and a new earth where righteousness is at home. Therefore, beloved, While you are waiting for these things, strive to be found by him at peace, without spot or blemish, and regard the patience of our Lord as salvation. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. I feel like I always sit puzzled during one of the Sundays of Advent, when we talk about hope or peace or joy or love, and there is some story that talks about how cruel life can be. And there's also stories about how kind people can be. I was struck this week by an image of a baby Jesus laying atop a pile of rubble in a Lutheran church in Bethlehem. 
after their Advent services have been canceled this year due to the war. Or the images just from last night of shredded homes and cars and landscapes out of Clarksville, Tennessee and other communities in the warpath of another mid-December tornado. And as I scrolled through photos and videos and I heard that my family in Clarksville was safe, a pastor's face came on the screen and said they were canceling worship for in the morning, but they still wanted to gather so they could go help the storm victims. A logical and Christ-like decision. You know, I would guess, maybe not fairly, just assuming here, that that pastor and I would disagree on a lot of things. But an immediate bend towards helping others, helping to lift the burden and weight of storm damage and destruction, yeah, that's, that's bringing a little bit of peace to earth, isn't it? An image that still vividly lives in my mind is from December of 2014 from Ferguson, Missouri, where during protests about Michael Brown's death, the street was full of tear gas and smoke and above the street hanging in glowing letters, season's greetings. Talking about peace in a world ravaged by war, in a world of conflict and protests and pain and uncertainty, peace sure can feel fleeting or packaged or quick or temporary or even like a lie to some of us. Sometimes peace only comes in the moment that we forget just a second how deeply we're grieving the loss of someone or something. Or maybe for just a second when we're not worrying about an aging parent or a running toddler. Talking about peace in 2023 has a lot to say when all that meets our eyes on the television screen is about prejudice and, and racism, both in our laws and practice, and peace feels so far-fetched and so far away. Peace actually feels impossible. In Second Peter, just as we read in Mark's gospel last week, we find a description of the end of the world as we know it. Kind of an interesting text to read during Advent, I'm sure. The end of the world with fire and large cosmic galaxy changing, melting of elements. The world as we know it now will end. Remember, Jesus said, we will not know the time or the hour, try as we might. We don't want it to happen. We don't, we don't know when it will happen. We also probably don't want it to happen anytime soon. And if I was another preacher in another pulpit this morning, here's where I would urge you or encourage you to live a life full of fear and trembling until Jesus returns. 
See, the sense of fear is an ingredient of a larger concoction in our religious landscape of emotional manipulation that the church has practiced for a long, long time and even indulged in for centuries. It tells us that there is more to fear than there is to hope for. There is more pain to be caused by a God of love than love to be shared by God. And friends, I simply don't believe that that is true. I don't think it's faithful. I don't think it's right. I don't think it's orthodox. I don't think it's Baptist. I don't think it's Christian to encourage anyone ever to live in a constant state of fear. Waiting, sure, that's Advent. (laughs) Fear, no. Because see, when you play on people's fear, as we often have done in the church, you can manipulate them to do or believe just about anything. But how many times did Jesus say the words, do not be afraid? There's there's this old wives tale that it said 365 times in the Bible, one per day. That's not true. It's actually said 144 times, if you want to know. 100 times in the Old Testament, 40 times in the New Testament, not all from the the lips of Jesus and some using different phrases, but 144 times is still nothing to bat an eye at. And still the second Peter passage, the author refers to the promise of God. The promise of God. This is a question for you to answer. And we might have different answers. What is the promise of God? Presence? Peace? Life everlasting? Love? Palm of God's hand. The thing is, there's a lot of promises. Did you know that? Somehow in my head, when I think of the promise of God, I go back to those early books in the Old Testament where God makes a lot of promises to God's people as they are discovering who they are, as they are developing this culture of of learning they are not slaves, but that they they are beloved individuals. I think of the promise of Noah's Ark. I will never destroy my people again. That's interesting because in the second Peter passage, we talk about melting planets, (laughs) But, but God does not want to destroy God's people now or ever. There are a lot of things going on in the passage that we read earlier because God's re-entering into the world is complicated and it's big and it's dramatic. But the author reminds us twice of God's promise. Whatever promise comes to your mind, go with that. 
God's promise that God will be with us. But God says, but 2 Peter says this too, in reminding us that God is not slow about God's promise to us and is patient with us. Did you catch that? God is patient with us. And then, and second, we wait for God's promise with patience. So it seems like tied into the the promise is this idea of patience and maybe even tied into that idea of patience and promise is a little bit of peace. Because relationships between God and humanity don't form without some patience. And with the practice of patience, we may just find some peace. Peace that is not temporary or time-bound, but eternal. Peace that is not dependent on a certain situation. Peace that is not because we have manipulated someone else or even our own hearts into a decision made out of fear. Our Advent theme this year, if you have seen on our screens or the front of your bulletin, is goodness and light. Because don't we need a little goodness and light? And so my goal each Sunday has been to share with you something of goodness or light in the world. But this week, I'm going to actually ask you to think of your goodness and light. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do. During communion, we're going to have you come up and take communion, but we're also going to give you another way to respond. In the back, with some lights on the table, there's a big black piece of paper with some metallic Sharpies that Chris Sanders got for us this morning and discovered what metallic Sharpies were this morning, so that's good. I would like for you to identify in your own life where you could practice more patience in order that you might find peace? Where could you practice more patience in order that you might find peace? I already wrote just a few examples to to get us going in the back. One of them said my toddler. One of them said holiday or any day traffic. So you can't take those, those are mine. I'm gonna ask Dr. Bill to come up and lead us in communion. After you take your communion, or even as you're waiting for the line to shorten, if you would spend some time in the back answering the question, where in your life may you find peace by practicing patience? Is this right? I want you all to do me a favor, and let's all stand for something. What Pastor Molly said has moved me for us to sing this little ditty that's so apropos about peace and justice. Jesus loves the little children, all the children of the world, red and yellow, black and white, they are precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world.